All right, I need everybody to say this. Can you say, from the porch? Say it a little bit louder. From the porch. So we're in our series called Rooted in Community, and one of the biggest things that we've been talking about lately is that God wants meaningful, meaningful community for everybody. Can you say that? Everybody. There's no person on earth that God looks at and points his finger and says, I don't want somebody meaningful in your life. So there's somebody in the room right now that you might think that you're unworthy. We took care of that last week, but if you weren't here last week, I'm just going to say, tell you right now that you are worthy of relationship. You're worthy of, of feeling welcomed. You're worthy of feeling loved, and you're worthy of feeling like the warm hug, right? Yeah. Everybody needs that. Can you say that? Everybody, Everybody. needs it. Okay, don't, I don't need it. Look at your neighbor say, you need it. You need your it. other neighbor say, you need it. You need it. So I, I just, I just want to tell you a story today, um, but I, I want to ask you a question. Have you ever asked this to yourself? What is it people really want from me? So many times when we're approached by certain folks, we can think that there is an alternate agenda than just wanting to be a friend. Ever been in a relationship with somebody and like the minute that they call your name, you know they want something? Yeah. Hey, ma, in your mind, you're like, what is it? I believe that in this generation and in this time and in this season that God is going to start bringing us people that want nothing from us just for us to be great. People that when they call you, it's not to get anything from you, but they're going to be like a doorway for God to bless you through. There have been a lot of relationships that have crushed you. There have been a lot of people that have left your life. There have been a lot of people that have spit in your face physically and like, like, like spiritually and all that other stuff. But I really believe that God is not just going to bring you new people, but he's going to restore the relationships of those people that left as well. Anybody else? So ask yourself this question. Say, what is it that people really want from me? If we could answer this question, we would go into our relationships totally different. If mothers really understood this question, you would see your children totally different. If husbands this, understood this question, they would see their wives totally different. If you knew this question, you would look at your boss totally different. You want to know how I know? This is what would happen. Right now at your workplace, you look at your boss and they ask you to do something and you get frustrated. Hey, I need you to uh, be here another five minutes. Oh, my God. Right? Y'all, I want to say, no, I'm not. But when you understand what somebody really wants from you, your questions change. The question comes, how may I serve you today? Is there a problem that you need fixing? And even if I don't know, I know somebody that can take care of it. I want to let you know that I know somebody that can take care of your relationships this morning. Can you turn me down just a little bit, please? Okay, let's jump into the word. So I'm going to tell you a, a small story. So have you guys ever heard of the story of Ruth? Okay, I want you to open up your Bibles and open up to Ruth 1, 1 through 2. So long story short, a lady by the name of Naomi is married to her husband, Elimelech, and they have two sons named Malhan and Killian. Don't ask. It's just, that's just the names that they had back in the day. At the point in time in this Bible verse, her, her husband, and her boys are living in Bethlehem. But at this point in time, there were judges. Can you say judges? There were people that were ruling over this land that, that really didn't have the best interests of the people at heart. So much to the point that their rulership caused a famine in the land. So Naomi, her husband, and her children, they're like, we got to eat something. You ever been there before? Like, I'm just hungry, but I don't know what I need. But I know I'm not going to get it here, so I have to move. It's going to get good in a minute, I promise. So Naomi and her family, they make this trip to Moab. Can you say Moab? They go to Moab hoping, hoping, praying, and searching for food. Sometimes you can be so hungry, you don't care where the food comes from. You just want to eat. So once they get to Moab, they're there, and Naomi's husband, Elimelech, he dies. After her son, I mean, I'm sorry, after her husband dies, her two boys are like, well, we, we, we need more offspring. The point of having children was to have a success in your name. If the father passes away, you have to have children so that your name goes on. This is why we say the firstborn son, it's not that the boy is better, but the boy makes sure that the bloodline runs pure throughout the generations. So their two boys find two women. One name is Orpah, and the other one's name is Ruth. They marry these women, but then get this. Ten years after they meet these women, guess what? Both of them die. Anybody feel it already? Both of them pass away. So after uh, Elimelech dies, the two boys die, and then Naomi finds something out. She says, okay, I'm a widow. I have no son. I, I, I got to figure out something to do because now I'm the one that's responsible for these two widows. So Naomi says to God, you know what? You're going to have to help me out. 
and she hears that there's a blessing on God's people back where she was from where she was from before. She left Bethlehem to find food, loses her husband and both of her sons. At this point in time in the Bible, men were the breadwinners. Men, they, they, they carried the load. They didn't live as long because they worked for their family. There was no, there was no such thing as honor and respect because it was just what you did. We put names on things to remind people of it. The word respect shouldn't even be a word because it should be something we already do. We shouldn't have to be... Re- you shouldn't have, the word honor shouldn't even be in the dictionary. It should just be something that you, the word community shouldn't even be in the, word, in the Bible. It should be something that we, words are created to remind you of something that we lost. So God tells Naomi, he says, you know what, I'm going to take care of you, but the only way that I'm going to give you provision is if you do what? Go back to the community that you came from. Multiple times in the Bible, we see people leave where God planted them. Remember we talked about that last week? And God will always call you back. That's the first point. It's not in here, but I think that's the first point. Can you write that down? God will always call you back to where you're planted. That's why when people come home, you don't look at what they did. You look at where they are now. Amen. We'll deal with how you left, but I just want to love on you. Yes. Different sermon. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about that later. So I want to talk to you about the importance of Moab. So in history, Moab is a biblical name for a land just short of the promised land. Bethlehem is where Jesus is born later on down the road, right? So it's a blessed place. It's a sacred place. So Naomi leaves the most beautiful place in the world to go to a place that is just short of what God promises her. She goes, she loses her husband, she loses both of her boys. This is another thing about the Moabites. In the Bible, it says that the Moabites were historically regarded as the perpetual enemy of the Israelites. So that means that that she left the place where God's anointing was, And then she went to a land of the people that basically hated her people. She loses her husband. She loses both of her sons. And then she gets to this point where she feels that God can't do anything with her. So then in Ruth 1, I'm setting a foundation. Are we good? Ruth 1, 8 through 9, this is what happens. So after a short while on the road, because she makes the decision, I'm going to leave. She asks Orpah and Naomi to come with her. So Naomi told her two daughters-in-law, go back Go back home and live with your mothers, and may God treat you as you have graciously treated me, your deceased husbands, and myself. Sorry. May God give each of you a new home and a new husband. So then she kissed them, and then they all cried together. Naomi believed that since she lost her husband and since she lost her boy, she had nothing else to offer. There are some women, there are some men, there are some people in the room that you've been hurt in relationships so many times that you don't even know how to love someone. So the best thing that you give them, the best advice that you give them is, you know, you don't want to get hooked up with me because I don't even know how to love me right. So how could I love you? But listen to this. But Naomi was firm. She says, go back to your, uh, go back, my dear daughters. Why, why would you, why would you come with me? I have nothing to give you. I'm too old. What, 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 what does she say? I, I can't even have any more kids to, to, to satisfy you. Like, how long would you wait to get married again? Then she says this, no, dear daughters, this is a bitter pill that God has given me. This is a bitter pill for me to swallow, more bitter for me than for you. God has dealt me a hard blow. There are some women in this room, there are some young ladies that want your mentorship and you can't get them off of you. You've tried everything. I ain't got nothing for you. But they see something in you that you might have lost. They, they, they see a mother in you even though you don't believe you're worthy of somebody following you. They see some things inside of you that you used to see, but now they see now. And sometimes we can think that, you know, I have nothing to give this person. But sometimes I think that God sends us people to call out of us what used to be there. So as we're running away from relationships, as we're running away from this word called L-O-V-E, it's a four-letter word, but for some of us it's a cuss word, we run away from it because we think we're going to hurt people. But I honestly believe that in this season God is calling people to us that are going to cause the dead places inside of us to rise up. The characteristics of who you were, you were always happy. You were always, like, whenever you came around, it just smelled like Cinnabon. Y'all remember Cinnabon? You, you, you smell like a cheat meal. You just smell like 4,000 calories in one bite. And, and you can lose that fragrance. But I think that God is calling people to come in and touch our lives in a way that reminds us of how happy we used to be. Sometimes the relationships aren't for you to pour. We pour into people so often that we forget what it's like to be filled up. 
and we can feel that it's intru- like you're intruding my space, like you're all in my space, and they're like, no, I'm here to fill you up. God can call something to your nothing. Ruth thought that she had nothing to give, and God saw something, I'm sorry, Naomi thought that she had nothing to give, but God saw something in Naomi that she didn't even see herself. So I, I don't want to skip over this precious moment. So uh, she says, I have no more sons for you to marry. And at this point in time, it's extremely difficult for women that are widowed because they would think that women that are widowed is because of two reasons. Number one, either you were a terrible wife and God cursed you by killing your husband. Or the second was you were unfitful wife and your husband left you. So as a widowed woman, at that point in time, if it's done wrong, right, this is religious. This, isn't, this is not what we live under now because God can restore relationships. Divorce is not a four-letter word. He can bring people back together. Amen. I'm not looking for your agreeance. Like, like God can bring things back together because he's doing it now. So, uh, so, so Naomi is going back to the community uh, that she came from. And Naomi thinks that her life is over, but Ruth sees something that she wants from Naomi, but she doesn't even know what it is yet. Some of us are called to women, called to men, called to people in general, and we don't even, like, I just like you. And sometimes we think that we like them, but God is specifically ordaining and orchestrating something that you need, and the only way you're going to get it is through this person. So we pray and ask God for things, and God's saying, you don't need me to answer the, the, the prayer, answer the person. Ruth 1, 16 through 17. But Ruth said, can you say, but Ruth said? said. Ruth looks at Naomi. Orpah, the other daughter, it only took her two times. Naomi says, go home. Orpah says, no, I ain't going. uh, Naomi says again, go home. Orpah's like, I'm out of here. But Ruth, but Ruth said, don't force me to leave you. Don't make me go home. Ruth doesn't even know what Naomi has for her. Young girls will marry the son of the mother and not even know the mother. Y'all missed it. Ruth doesn't even know Naomi, but she knows that there's something that Naomi has that she needs. When we get married, when I get married, yes, I'm going to love my wife, but I'm trying to get what her mom has because that's what she's going to turn into. So Ruth said, don't force me to leave you. Don't make me go home. Where you go... I go. And where you live, I'll live. Your people are, wait a minute, but she's a Moabite. In the word of God, it says that she is supposed, like she is the sworn enemy to Naomi. But I just want to let you know that how you see yourself, God doesn't see you that way. These women in your life, these men in your life, these older adults that like, you, you, you can question, like, why does this person want to spend time with me? You, you need to sh- be quiet and just take the mentorship because they see something in you that you don't even see. Oh, my goodness. So your God is my God. She even says, the God that I serve, he ain't working because there's something on you that I need. And then she says this. This is so tough. She says, where you die, I'll die. And that's where I'll be better buried. So help me God. Not even death itself is going to come between us. There are people in the room that have been separated. You feel you've been separated by death. You don't even remember what grandmama used to smell like. You don't even remember her voice. You, you, like, you, you don't even know what it feels like to be, to be wrapped up in her arms, your mom's arms. Like, you don't even remember what she smells like. But I just want to let you know that death does not separate you from those that you love. It might sting, but, the, but, but God ripped the veil, and there's no separation between those that are dead and those that are now. So right now, you can just say, I love you, and she knows it, and she feels it. Ugh. So Ruth's heart understands something that her head will get later. Ruth's heart is attached to Naomi, but she, but she doesn't even know why it is. There are some people in these last couple of weeks, have you, ever, have, you ever wanted to, have you ever had somebody's mind just like pop up in your head and you start praying for them? Don't even know why. Ruth gets an inkling of this. She said, there's something that's in you that I need. Say, there's something in you that I need. There's somebody in this room that you need something from them. You just don't know them yet. So her connection to Naomi is extremely important to her. I got to move on. So 
Ruth 16 through 17. But Ruth said, don't force me to leave you. Don't make me go home. Oh, I've already been there. So let's move forward. So sorry. Let's move forward. So after her, um, Ruth and Naomi have their little crying bit, Naomi tries to get her to go away. They, they go back to Bethlehem. And as they're in Bethlehem, they figure out, okay, we're widowed women. We, we got to figure something out because by law, nobody's supposed to take care of us. So she and, and um, Naomi and Ruth figure out this plan to find some food. So Ruth goes to this, uh, this field, and it just so happens. Can you say just so happened? Just so happened. It just so happens to be the richest man in all the land. Just, just so happens. Sometimes you'll bump into somebody and create a relationship, and it just so happens that that's what you need. But if you don't love yourself enough, you'll reject people that are supposed to be your blessing. Then look at God and say, you didn't answer my prayer. And God said, I didn't give you a prayer. I gave you a person. So Ruth has an idea. She says, I'm not supposed to be in the field. Because at this point in time, on any person's land, I mean, Texas is trying to do it. But they could kill you on the land, and it was no big deal because it was their land. So she has this idea. And, and Naomi, they, they plot. And they say, okay, this is what you're going to do. Follow the men as closely as possible and pick up whatever they drop. Long story short, Boaz sees her doing this. Boaz is single. I mean, he has wives, but if you're the right one, all the other ones don't matter. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, I see you. If you're the right one, all the other ones don't matter. Boaz sees hers, and he becomes extremely curious, and he begins to ask who she is. So now Boaz sees something in Ruth that he can't explain, but he's drawn to her. Naomi before, Ruth was drawn to Naomi and didn't understand what was going on. Now, now Boaz is, is, is attracted to Ruth, and he doesn't know wh- why it is, and it's unpeculiar. So now he sees something in her and is drawn to protect her. Listen to this. So he says, Boaz speaks to Ruth because he finds her, and, and she's, she's scared because she knows the law. Like, by law, you can kill me. But Boaz says, no, listen, my daughter, listen. From now on, don't go to any other field to glean. Stay right here in this one and stay close to my young women. He'd, in the chapter before, they were called his wives. Now they're just called women. Before they were, anybody single and desire to be married? I'm not married, but I'm just, I'm just teaching the word. Before the, they were his wives, his boo things, his side pieces. After he met her, it was like, oh, no, they're going to take care of you. So he says, watch where they are harvesting and follow them. He even says, if you, if you need any water, go to the buckets and get water. Say this with me. All fields, All fields. are not created equal. Had she been in the wrong field, she probably would have starved. Some of us are in relationships hoping people will feed us and they have nothing for us. But I want to tell you something. Ruth didn't pick this field. Naomi sent her. In your relationships, in our relationships, we just go because we feel we're anointed. We just go because God told us something. And very rarely are we sent by somebody that knows us. Had Ruth made the decision to go to any other field, she probably would have and would have died. But it's because Naomi did what? She sent her to the right field. This is another thing that I want to let you know is that redemption has no respect. So once she goes to the field... She gets all of this food, all of this barley. She goes back home, and her and Naomi rejoice. She doesn't rejoice when Boaz sees her. Some of us, we get into relationships, and we praise the person, and we never tell our family about him. Oh, my God, he's so fine. I can't wait, but wait a minute. Let me not tell my folks. No, Ruth understood. The only reason why I know you, Boaz, is because Naomi sent me. So it would be disrespectful and dishonorable for me to rejoice with the man when I should be rejoicing from where it came from. Y'all get me? So Ruth goes back home. Her and Naomi are like, I found him, I found him. I mean, she's like hype. Like this, she found her man. She, 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 she finds him. But I, I want you to know something. So Ruth comes back and she says, hey, so I went to that field that you told me to, to, to glean in, and it happened to be Boaz's field. And Naomi says, time out. Who? She says, Boaz. She says, whoa, who? She says, Boaz. She says, wait a minute. He, he's, he's family. All fields are not created equal. 
The field that Naomi told Ruth to go to just so happened to be the Redeemer's field. So listen to this, listen to this. In the Hebrew, in any person's family, if a woman were to die, the, the man who is, who is, who is he's supposed to be the Redeemer, like literally, like that's the name in the Hebrew. They are the Redeemer. Their job is to marry the woman, not to marry to have like relations with or, or to be romantic with, but to cover. They marry them, they father their children, and they buy all of their land so that it all stays together. So Ruth comes home and she says, Naomi, like Boaz, and Naomi loses her mind because remember, she thought that God had forgotten her. But God sent her to the only place where she could be redeemed. Some of us, were searching for answers. We're searching for God to heal our heart and to heal our spirit. And he's just telling you to go sit in mama's lap. The closest voice that you have to God when you're born is your mother's voice. The, like, like, think about it. The closest voice that you know to God is your mother's voice. When you're in the womb and she sings to you, when she speaks to you, that's the only voice that you know. While mothers are pregnant, they start to speak to, a good mother speaks to the child. This is who you're going to be. This is who God called you to be. And this is what you, like, so now Ruth, Ruth sees Naomi as her mother because now she realizes, I know your voice. She connects the voice of Naomi to the voice of God and just follows what she's told. So redemption has no respect. It doesn't, like God doesn't care who you are, what you've done, who you slept with, what you've smoked. He doesn't care where you've been. Redemption doesn't respect you, but it respects the calling that God has on your life. So if we don't get to the Mother's Day part, I love you mamas. But for every person in the room, I just want to encourage you to know that God is not done with you. Like you might have screwed up a little bit. You might have messed up, but God's not done with you. Look at, look at yourself and say, God's not done with me. So there are three different things that I, I need you to know. The redeemers, it's a cultural practice, right? So Boaz, if he falls in love with Ruth, he has to take care of her entire family. The second thing is that once he marries Ruth, he's also responsible for taking care of Naomi. The third thing is that if he marries Ruth and if he, if, if he is the redeemer, by law, he has to protect the land of the family. Remember how we talked about last week that the ground is blessed? That means that if your ground, you feel that it's cursed, if you hook up with the right person, their blessing has to come to your soil too. Some things aren't working in your life. It's not that God doesn't want to like answer your prayer. He just says you need to hook up with the right people that got some good soil. Is this good? So listen to this, Ruth 3, 1 through 2. So Naomi's like, okay, bet. We about to get this guy. We about to fish, hook, line, sink, and fry this puppy. We gonna do it. So this is what she says. One day, her mother-in-law Naomi said to Ruth, so, my dear daughter, isn't it about time that I arranged a good home for you so you can have a happy life? We set up our own homes and we wonder why they crumble. I don't know what I need. My mother does. So when I find somebody and I find them attractive, I don't rejoice with the woman. I go back home and I tell my mom, so how do I build a house for her? A lot of us, our relationships are becoming destroyed because we built our houses made out of sticks. And some of us, we built our houses made out of straw. And we never went back to the community that knows us better to help us make our houses out of brick. Because the big bad wolf always comes. We're always going to misunderstand each other. But if we build, if I build my house on the rock of God, and that's my community, when you come in this thing with us, we don't go out to try to figure something out. We stay in the presence to figure out our relationships. Oh, okay. So she says, isn't it about time that I arranged a good home for you so you can have a happy life? Ruth thinks like, oh, yes, I got my man. But Naomi's setting something up to set herself up for greatness. And isn't Boaz our close relative? Ruth is probably cooking like, yeah, whatever. And Naomi's like, I'm trying to get something to you. The one with whose young women you've been working, maybe it's time to move. When we get into relationship, we don't just make the, re the relationship, the decision by ourselves. Every relationship that you join into affects everybody that you know. Because out of that one relationship, you're learning something new. And you're going to spread that amongst the people that you're with. 
So if you, if you link up with somebody in a relationship, boyfriend, girlfriend, just a friend, and they're poison, the poison that comes from that person's life inevitably has to come out of you. Because the Word of God also says that so a man, so is he. So she says, we're going to figure this out, but I don't need you to leave my presence when you go to him. So she says, tonight is the night of Boaz's barley harvest and at the threshing floor. Long story short, she says, you know what? He going to get drunk and he going to go to sleep. But you're not going to sleep with him. You're going to sleep next to him. You're not going to sleep with him because that's unlawful. But we're just going to give him an inkling of how amazing you are by putting you next to him. Oh, my God. So she tells her to get dressed and to wear some perfume. She then tells her to go to the party, but don't let him know that you're there. Some of us were too loud. Like, we want people to, like, you're going to be my friend, and you don't know you're going to be my friend, but I'm going to be your friend. And then what happens is that we turn off the blessing of God in the person because we made the move too quick. So, the, uh, so uh, once, once he falls asleep because he drinks, like, right, because everybody else is in famine and God is blessing Boaz. Boaz thinks that God is blessing him. But what, Bo, what, what, what God is doing to Boaz is he's making him compatible for Ruth. Sometimes God is blessing you not for you, but he's blessing you so many people can feed off of your life. Uh, so anyway, she falls asleep by his feet, and he wakes up, and he's like, oh, shoot. Something feels different. My feet are warm. She lays at his feet, and, and he, he, he compares her to the Proverbs 31 woman by saying, you are a woman of noble character. In, in Ruth 3 through 6, Ruth says to him, she says, if you say so, I'll do it. it, it Whatever you say, Naomi, I, I'm going to do it. After she lays down at his feet, she goes back to Naomi. A lot of us would have made the decision to sleep with the person. Oh, can we talk? Don't, don't get quiet now. Don't get, I, love, I know it's Mother's Day, but it's Sunday. Like, we're going to talk about it. Some of, we, we, we can't get into bed with every relationship. Because sometimes we go back home and we smell like that person and our community says, you look a little bit different. Something about you is different. Like, you smell different. You don't smell like us anymore. So what Ruth does is she lays at his feet and goes right back to where she came from. In every relationship that you're in, if you can't bring it home to the people that know you best, it's not a relationship that you need. If you are embarrassed to bring the person's name up in conversation, young men, if you don't want your mama to know her, she ain't worth holding her hand. I don't know where that came from, but you need somebody in your life that has the sit down and shut up card. And young men, I know it's Mother's Day, you need some women. If you don't have your mother or your grandmother, you need some women in your life that got the she ain't it card too. A question when she pulls it out, you don't ask any questions. You just say, yes, ma'am, and you look at her and you say, I bet, and walk away. All right, I'll move on. Ruth 3, 8 through 9. So then in the middle of the night, the man was suddenly startled. He sat up, surprise, say surprise. This woman asleep at his feet. He said, and who are you? She said, well, <laughs> I'm Ruth, your maiden. She now calls herself what he is going to call her in the future. So she uses the, his words with him in the moment. She says, I'm your maiden. Take me under your protecting wing. You're my close relative, you know, in the circle of covenant redeemers. You, it's, she reminds him. That's why God, I think, he loves when we tell him about himself because it holds him to his word. So she, she doesn't come saying, I'm amazing. I can cook, clean, and all that. No, no, no. She says, you're supposed to take care of me because the word said. There's a covenant between us that we didn't even know about. You do have the right to marry me. So what we find out in the later chapter is that there was a man before Boaz who it was his responsibility to take care of it. He doesn't see the good thing in Ruth. Some of you have been walked past and you thought that it was love and romance and that was the one and it didn't work out. I just want to let you know that that wasn't it, but your Boaz is coming. And it's not just a man. It's a job opportunity. You had a car last week and it broke down and you started crying. That wasn't, your, that wasn't it. Boaz is coming. And it has under 100,000 miles, leather interior, it gets 60 miles. Like, you feel what I'm saying? The last dude took you to McDonald's and it was a bet. But the next guy's going to cook for you in his own home that he owns. With a, oh, come on. 
I'm writing my resume, people. Come on, man. So she looks at Boaz and she says, you're my guy, but you're not my guy because I want you. You're my guy because Naomi sent me. We need to be sent to every relationship because let me let you know something. We suck at finding, figuring out relationships. We really do. We're, we're, we're terrible at finding them. We're terrible at keeping them. We're terrible at forgiving, and we're most definitely terrible at, at, at leaving relationships. So everything that comes out of Ruth's mouth when she's talking to Boaz is not her words. While she's with Naomi, Naomi is, this is what you say. This is how you walk. This is how, like, don't do that. You know that little thing you do with your eyebrow? Like, don't do that. But please, please don't do that. Don't, like, like, we need to be in relationships where people send us to the right places. Stop doing it by yourself and then blaming God that it didn't work. God gives us community so that we can glean from the right field. Because every field is not created equal. Oh, my goodness. Let's, let, let me just get to the point. Can you say this with me? Say loyalty, loyalty. grants, Grant. access. access. God honors loyalty. God doesn't, God doesn't respect you and me. And people are like, oh, my God, he doesn't. No, you're, we're nobody compared to God. He is God, the Almighty. God is honorable to his word. Amen. And the, one of the first commandments, he says, love your neighbor as your. And if you do that, then he's going to give you long life. So get this, Ruth is loyal to Naomi and doesn't know why. Ruth, after that, Boaz is loyal to Ruth, and he doesn't know why. And because of all of this loyalty, at the end, Naomi is blessed. Some of us, we want God to bless us instantaneously, but I think he's just looking for us to follow the directions. Some of our relationships are falling apart because we, 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 miss, we miss the mark. And sometimes we weren't wrong. It was just the way in which you did it. God did call you from that relationship. God did call you from that job. God did call you to marry this person and not this person. And leaving wasn't wrong, but the way in which you did it. What if Ruth would have found Boaz and this married him there? God wouldn't have been able to bless her because she might have got her man, but she wouldn't have got the blessing that she had to get through Naomi. Oh, boy. Ruth 4, so the town women said to Naomi, blessed be to God. We skipped some things. Ruth finds Boaz. They get married. Everything works out. Like, the, the book of Ruth is only four chapters because they follow God's directions. Like, <laughs> like, like, the other books of the Bible are like 10, 15, 20, 30 chapters because, like, God has to kill them or wait for them to die to send them somebody else. Then he has to kill that person or wait for them to die and send somebody else. Oh, because Ruth listened to the community that she had. She listened to Naomi. Her book is only four chapters. And I wish that the last part of the chapter was, and they lived, like, happily ever after. A lot of us are living in hell because we're not following the directions that God gave us. So her book is only four chapters because it was easy. She did exactly what God told her. So she has this baby. His name is Obed. Can you say Obed? Obed? So then the town women, they don't go to Ruth and say, oh, my God, your baby's so beautiful. What do they do? They go to Naomi. And they say what? Blessed be God. Because he didn't do what? Leave you without what? Family. Naomi thought that she had lost everything that she had. And she didn't deny Ruth what she didn't even see in herself. God, this is so good. Thank you, Lord. So then she has the baby, and what happens is, is that she says, without family to carry on your life. So may this baby grow up to be famous in Israel. They don't even know what they're saying. He'll make you young again. Some people, you think you're dead. Like you're on your deathbed right now in your relationships, and God is calling people that are going to call you out of that state of sleep. And you're going to have energy that you've never had before. Ah. So he says, he'll take care of you in old age. And this daughter-in-law who has brought him into the world and loves you so much, why she's worth more to you than seven sons. So those relationships that you lost, this one is going to be better than all the ones that left you. Like, I, I, like I'm trying to get to you something. Like there are people that have broken your heart and made you feel frustrated and God's going to redeem those relationships, but he's also going to bring you somebody a family, a business partner, the wife, the wife, not the girlfriend, the wife, to help you get to that next level. So this is, I, I want to I show you something. 
I want to show you something. So remember, she's a Moabite. That means that the Israelites and Moabites, they're, they're, they're different people. They're, they're not even in the same bloodline. If Jesus would have came at that day, the only people that would have been saved were those that were called to his name, which were the Israelites. So listen to this. There's a man named Perez. Perez beget Hezron. Hezron beget Aminadab. Aminadab beget, somebody said Nashon. Nashon. And then Nashon beget Salmon, not Salmon. Anybody that says Salmon, I'm throwing my shoe at you. I'd like a roasted Salmon. No, Salmon. Salmon begets Boaz. Ruth marries who? They have a child, and who is that? Obed has a child, and who is his child? Who is Jesse? David's father. Hold on. Wait a minute. So Ruth has now literally changed her bloodline to... Whoa, time out. But didn't we just say before that she's supposed to be the enemy of Naomi, and now she is the mother of our faith? Some of the relationships that God's going to bring to you are going to change your name. Like the generational curses that you haven't been able to get off your life, God's going to hook, God's going to hook you up with the right people that are going to look at your life and say, you know what, before we get linked up, there's some stuff that we got to clean up. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's good. That's why you got to be in the right relationships because some people are going to perpetuate the hell in your life and some people are going to help you clean it up. Oh, my God. So then what happens? Out of the lineage of David, who comes? That's tough. That's tough. So Naomi was sent to Ruth not just to give her a husband but to clean up her blood. Like, it's like... Oh, my God, that's so good. Like, she, she came not so that Ruth would find a husband because a husband is great, but I'm trying to save your soul. That's why we call it a soulmate. Being in love is something that's this small because if you're in love, you can be out of love, you can be over love, you can be under love. But if I can change your blood, if I can change your blood, you can live forever. So a woman that was called, a woman that was called the enemy of the Israelites is now the woman that Jesus will be birthed through. God is not done with you yet. You just haven't met the right people. God, some of the relationships that God brings to us, it, it, God, God says, you know what? I got to make you as dirty as possible so that when I clean you, you can't say that you did it yourself. That person had to break your heart. I had to take your mother before you realized who she was. So that I could clean your blood. Somebody say hallelujah. So in your relationships, when somebody breaks your heart, yes, it sucks. But you should start thinking, oh, my God, my, my blood's getting dirty. So that means that God has to send me some redemption to clean my blood. And I'm going to be better then than I am right now. So then you start to lift your hands and be thankful. God, thank you. Thank you for the person that broke my heart. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you for the person that left and didn't know who I was. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the boats that fired me. Thank you, God, because he always has something better than what you're dealing with. Had Ruth got to the point where she was more excited about Boaz, her blood would have never been clean because she would have looked at Boaz as her savior. But the relationship, that wasn't the savior. Jesus was. Stop looking for a marriage or a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a relationship, a boss to save you. Because once you get to that person, we make the person higher than God. And then we get upset with God when he doesn't bless what he did not create. Let me go on. So the bloodline, right? All these people. So, so oh, Boaz has Obed. Obed has Jesse. David has Jesus. Hey, Boaz has Obed. Jesse has David. David has Jesus. Then who comes? You. Listen. The only reason that we are in this place is because a woman named Ruth, who was supposed to be our enemy, became our mother. Some women become women because somebody sexually assaults them. And they, and they can't, I don't even understand what that means, but they, 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 they can't, and this might be for somebody that's in the room. Maybe you're a product of sexual harassment or, or sexual abuse, but I just, I just want to let you know that what happened is not who you are. 
And the child that comes from that, that's absolutely horrible. And we believe that God can redeem your body, your soul, your heart, your mind, and your spirit. But that child is going to clean your blood. Oh, my God. God does not make mistakes. How it happens may hurt us, but he's always on time at all times. And the fact that you're in the room, we praise God for that right now. In Jesus' name. <laughs> Thank you, Father. There is no sin too big that God can't clean. Look at your neighbor. Say, your blood is not too dirty. Some of y'all didn't do it. We're going to do it again. Look at your neighbor and say, your blood. Your blood is not too dirty. You're not sick. There's no way that you could be too sick for my God not to heal you. You're not too broken for a man to find you. No, God is wants to heal you in your brokenness so that when you meet him, you know you're all that and that he just adds to your all that. Our problem is that we make people our all that and we forget that we're all that. Oh, okay. Let me go. Let me go. So Ruth 4 through 16. So Naomi starts to do this thing where Ruth and Boaz have to manage the kingdom. So what does Naomi do? Naomi starts to take the baby on these long walks. Did you get it? Naomi starts to take the baby, and she says, y'all go be great, but let me teach this child why he's here. Let me start to teach him the same things that I taught you so you can go be great, but I'm going to make sure the next generation is taken care of. That's why I'm like mad jealous of my kids, and I ain't even got any, because I know as soon as they come, I'm not their responsibility anymore. My child is, because they're going to teach him things that I can't. We need old folks in our relationships so they can teach us some things that we can't. My grandma would say certain things like, just wait on him. You telling me that, Chris, is no big deal. All right, whatever. But my grandmama's saying, just wait on him. There's something. I think that she's it. Like, Mom, I love this woman, right? One of y'all saying she ain't it is one thing. But my mother's saying, just, just wait. She ain't it. There's something that comes with that. We're making really big moves with people with really small opinions. What do you think I should do? I don't know. I wouldn't do it. Knowing that their opinion means this small because they can't see what God showed you. Your job is to do what? Go back to the porch that she used to rock you on. So Naomi, Naomi does what? She takes the baby and she holds him in her arms, cuddling him, cooing over him, waiting on him hand and foot. Once you are in a relationship, you cannot cut off the, commun the, the, the community and the communication that you have with the people that sent you. Some of us will go through the, go through the trouble of going through, right, getting in the, in the relationship, being sent, and then we cut off everybody that, that we were sent from. And then we get frustrated why the relationship is destroyed. It's because of the fact you uprooted yourself from the community that you were sent from. Ruth understands something. My life will be perfect, not because of Boaz, but because I listened to Naomi. I listened to the first voice that God sent me, which was my mother. She speaks to you while you're in there. How dare we be disrespectful and tell them that their voice doesn't matter? How? How? How do, you do, how do you do that? It was her voice that turned your dad on, and it was her voice that talked to you and turned you on before you came. So, so, so how can we look at our mothers and say, your voice doesn't matter anymore? I want an answer. I want an answer. I, I, I really like to know. How do I look at my mother in, this, in the face and say, you know what? You've done a good job to this point, but I don't really think that you have anything new to tell me. How do we do that? And then I don't have the right to go back to her and ask her to fix the mess that I made. What does that look like? For Ruth not to listen to Naomi, to do what she wants to do, and then go back to Naomi and ask her to fix it. The minute you leave the porch, the minute you leave the porch, the minute your foot steps off the porch, now you are not underneath the covering. So let me show you something. God can call something to your nothing. Say that. So I want to show you something. So this is my family, right? My family. My family. So don't get weird. This is, this is my story. You become great, get your platform, and tell your story. That's how it works. This means nothing. Your platform is just as big. You just haven't found it yet. Oh, my God. Ah. So the Williams family, L.J. Williams, and y'all know her name? 
Lily Mae. They find each other. They love each other. They have 14 kids. With how many miscarriages? Five miscarriages. 21 kids. Bruh. 21 kids. Out of those 21 kids, they have 23 plus grandkids. First generation grandkids. Not great grands. Grandkids. So when we go to the family reunion and y'all are like, man, that's a lot of people. No, this is just first cousins and grandkids. So out of this relationship, one woman decides that after the parents pass away that she's going to stay on the porch. You get where I'm going? Maddie Pearl Williams makes the decision, you know what? We lost our parents, but I'm going to stay on the porch and keep the light on so they always have somewhere to come back to. And it doesn't matter how much they get dirty. It doesn't matter how far they fall from God. It doesn't matter how many times they might even curse my name. I'm going to keep the light on because I love these kids. Some of you in the room, you just kept the light on. You don't even care about how far they went. You don't care about how dirty they got. You just want to tell them, just come home. Because I can clean you up when you get here, but I can't clean you when you're outside of this place. An hour away, the Wiltshires find each other. Willie David and May Ethel, my, mother, my, my mother's parents, they have three kids, two girls, one boy. Out of that relationship, there, there, there are, no, there's only two grandkids. Maybe there's another one coming. I did it on purpose. I did it on purpose. I've always wanted a little brother. Anyway, so out of that, there's only two grandkids. <laughs> All right, come back, come back, come back, come back, come back, come back. There's only two grandkids. But then a woman out of that family decides that I'm going to be, not the matriarch, because I'm not better than everybody, but I'm going to be the anointed one that God speaks to. So what do these two women have in common? Do you want to know? What these two women have in common, can you come at me, please? I need you to take this and put it on the floor when you get here. What these two women have in common is that they stayed on the porch. Now, can, can I set a scene for you? You sure? Okay. All right. Um, thank you. And then I need, I need to move this. Can you unmute this, please? Is there anything coming? Can you unmute it? Unmute the computer. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set a scene while they're, while they're figuring that out. Where we're from, everybody's house, the last thing that you build is the porch. You build it as big as possible and as long as possible because that's the place that people greet you at. You, you, you build it as big as possible so that as many people can fit on it as possible, right? And you all build it so it's, it's long so that it, people can see the porch before they see the house. Y'all hear that? What do you hear? Wind chimes, right? So what happens is, is that the closer you get to my grandmother's house, you hear, you hear wind chimes. So the closer you get, the louder the wind chimes become. So the closer you get back to home, the more you start to hear what God's supposed to do with your life. Some of us, our relationships are terrible because we forgot the significance of this. This is the chair. Okay, don't do it. This is the chair that my mother used to rock me in. Um, when I was born, she would only let certain people sit in this chair because she had an understanding that if they sit in this chair, they're, they're sitting like they're her. So she, oh my God. So she understood that if the wrong person sits in this chair, they are in a direct connection with my life. Some of us are sitting in relationships I've never sat in this chair before. Some of us are sitting in relationships where people are rocking us and they're not supposed to be sitting in the chair. So your life is going the way of what they have to give you. A child is only able to eat off of what the mother has eaten last. And if you don't know the people that you're in relationship with, you're eating off of what's killing them. That's why they give a mother prenatal like, like vitamins and things like that. Because so they're saying you're the source for this child. But I believe that God wants the right people to be sitting in our lives. Because if we, if, 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 if we go back, thank you, Father. If we go back, 
we are able to see that Naomi took the baby and she held him in her arms, cuddling him and rocking him, right? Some of us, we got to get back to this place. We got to get back to this place where it might not just be your mother. Your mother might be gone. We, we understand that and we, we, we can't fix that necessarily, but we can remedy that with, anything, with, with community and the right people. But there are some people that you need to get a vision of what this rocking chair is. Yes, she left. Yes, she passed away. Yes, you might think that you're by yourself. Yes, you might think that there's nobody there to rock you. But I believe that with the right community, you can start to get this feeling again. This feeling where you start to hear wind chimes and you start to feel at home. A place where you're covered. A place where somebody is actually going to tell you, you know what, you're not okay. And you can't lie to them because they know you. I believe that God is calling us back to a place where this becomes more significant. The rocking chair, the, the, the place where the old women sat. That's where I come from, the old women sit in rocking chairs. And you know you're safe when you see them. If you come home and they're not sitting there, there's a problem. Can, can we do something? It's a little bit weird. Can I have all the women stand up, please? Thank you, Father. Wow. This world is dying because women are not becoming pregnant anymore. Hear me. It's not that you're not finding the right person, but the world needs children. And it's not just physical babies. There are businesses that are supposed to be birthed through, through you. There's a nonprofit that's supposed to be started that takes care of beaten and battered women. The woman that was sexually harassed, that was you. And that didn't happen to you because God wanted to destroy you, but he wanted to give you a story that would speak to a generation of women. There are wives in this room that are not yet married. There are wives in this room that are married, and the only reason why your family is together is because you're the thread that binds around them. I want you to understand that on this Mother's Day, it's not just about what you birthed, but it's about what God is going to do with you next. You are bigger than your children. You're bigger than your marriage. God wants to do something that reminds you of how great you are. Naomi forgot how great she was, and she thought that it was over for her. But God said, okay, let me remind you how bad you are. I believe that in this season, God is going to start calling not just the women of the world, but the women of this church and this community to a higher level that they've never seen before. <laughs>